When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff Benedict, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing, Jeff? Good morning, Tom. How are you? Magna- well, now that I'm looking at your smiling face on the sheet here, Mike, you're in a great mood in this picture. That's <laughs> well, because we got a great book. <laughs> Well, you've had more than just one great book. Let me put it that way. Jeff is uh, Jeff Benedict is the best-selling author of seventeen nonfiction books. By the way, Jeff, I got to tell you that several years ago, maybe ten years ago now, I nonfiction has taken over my life. I don't. Is that a, that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? It is for me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's good for you. That's, that's good. very good. Uh, is the co-author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Tiger Woods. The book was uh, the basis of the Emmy-nominated HBO documentary, Tiger Dynasty, definitive inside story of New England Patriots. And now we're going to talk a little LeBron. Is that correct? LeBron, yes, the biography. God. Uh, now, did you have to spend a lot of time, or did you get to spend a lot of time with him uh, while writing the book? So LeBron I wrote the same way we did Tiger, meaning it's a it's an technically an unauthorized biography, meaning he doesn't sit for oh, the okay. interviews, but mm-hmm. not expected. You know, LeBron could someday and probably will write his own autobiography, but I did, you know, 250 interviews with everyone else, really, that I, that I could get to that was, um, had been with him at key moments and, and spots in his life. And it's a, it's a really in-depth uh, inside view of, it's told from LeBron's point of view is the point. That's terrific. I mean, it's, it's a great. Can I just sneak in right here because I want to get it over with uh, to see how you react to it? But I got to. I got to tell sure. you my one LeBron story. I only have one, but it's a great story. And I'm going to say exactly what he said. And people go, "What'd you do with that for?" But this is exactly the way he said it. We're in Vegas doing a bunch of shows. I used to, I did 37 years on another radio station in town. Um, and we used to go to Vegas every year, which I think we're going to start doing again with this show. But we're in Vegas. We're up on the rooftop pool. And I can't remember what doesn't matter which uh, which hotel it was. But LeBron James was there. And this is many, many years ago, Jeff. LeBron James is there. And we're all sitting up on the deck and everybody's sun tanning and doing whatever the hell they're doing. And LeBron decides he's going to start doing cannonballs off the diving board. <laughs> now, have you ever seen someone that large do a cannonball? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not sure I have. Jeff, he was sending tidal waves across the roof of that hotel. I mean, I'm surprised there's any water left in the pool, for Christ's sake. And after about four or five of these cannonballs, it just sprayed everyone. 
he walks up and LeBron is standing in the pool and looks up at him. And the manager of the hotel said, uh, LeBron, if, if it would be okay, I think we're going to have to have you stop doing the cannonballs because everybody's getting soaking wet and it's kind of dangerous anyway. So if you could do me a favor and, and stop doing cannonballs. And there was a long pause and LeBron said, and I quote, I does what I wants. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, never mind then. <laughs> God, I will never forget it. That's oh, great, my God. That's a great Great anecdote, Tom, and it, it actually, uh, what it reminds, I don't know what the time period exactly was, but what it reminds me of is, you may recall this, and this story is actually a chapter in the book uh, called The Four LeBrons. Uh, very early in his NBA career, the one of the first commercials he made for Nike, which became iconic, was... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it starts with him doing a cannonball off a high diving board. And, and, into a pool and yep. splashing the hell out of everything around the pool. But it's a, it's a great scene because in that four LeBrons commercial, there's the LeBron that's diving off the diving board. Then there's an older, like, grandfatherly LeBron. <laughs> he, he's yep. played by LeBron, by the way, but he's got a beard and he's all gray. Sitting on the deck of the pool, there's youth LeBron that's, like, you know, down in the pool. And then there's LeBron, the athlete. And it, they're all in this same commercial, but the, you just made me think of it with that cannonball thing because yeah. what's funny about what's great about LeBron actually is, I mean, just you telling me that story, I was laughing because it is kind of hilarious. And the commercial was the reason it was such a success was because it was so funny. It was comical. It was not a serious commercial because LeBron is actually a pretty funny guy. And there's, yeah. yep. there's a lot of stories in the book that are humorous. There's obviously a lot of very serious stories and emotional stories in the book, too, but there are some hilarious ones, including the pool scene. <laughs> I, that's so great that you... Uh, that, that was about, I would guess, somewhere between 20 and 25 years ago. It was probably that long. When did, he, when, when did he first come in the league? So he turned pro in the summer of 2003. He played his first pro game in the fall of 2003. And he made the Nike commercial that I'm talking about, the, you know, diving into the pool. I think that commercial was shot in, in the summer of 2004. That is so amazing, Jeff, because this did happen in 2003. I just looked it up. So he was practicing his cannonballs for a, for a commercial he was going to cut. That's why he was I, doing it, apparently. As I'm sitting here listening to this, I'm thinking, man, I, I kind of wish I had known that story. And there's so many stories about him, though. Like I, oh, sure. I collected hundreds of them and tried to jam pack them. The, the book's just packed with these kinds of anecdotes. That you know, one minute you're slapping your your leg because it's funny, and the next minute you're kind of you get a little emotional because some of the things that LeBron went through as a child um, when he when he couldn't do whatever he wants um, were pretty uh, pretty overwhelming. You know, and because I think nobody's really um, ever looked thoroughly at the difficulties of LeBron's childhood. I mean, people knew sure. that there was some hard things, but I think the degree of poverty that he emerged from was um, hard to overstate. It, it is like a Charles Dickens story in terms of where he came from, and uh, the odds that he would become what he is were probably sub-zero at the time he was a kid. Um, and that's why, you know, I wanted to spend some time in the, in a couple of the early chapters 
letting the reader really sort of live in that environment and see just because when you're in that environment, you, you get the idea like there's no way out of here. And uh, the fact that he does get out largely due to the help of some wonderful coaches and, uh, you know, adults in the Akron community, teachers and coaches who uh, sort of wrapped their arms around LeBron when he was a kid, and his mother's grittiness, you know, her willingness to actually uh, let her son go live with another mother and father for a year when LeBron was in elementary school. I think that that singular decision by his mother probably saved her son. And uh, that story has really never been told. And I think that that story is, you know, if you want, the funny, it's not funny, the compelling thing is the man who took LeBron in when he was in fourth grade and was the man who put a basketball in LeBron's hand for the first time. Uh, think about the fact that two months ago when LeBron broke the scoring record in Los Angeles, that man was sitting in the arena. Oh, uh, God. Watching, yeah, what a great story. Yeah, and the thing is, LeBron, that's what I like about LeBron, is it would have been so easy for LeBron to just not remember or think to bring that guy out, but he did. And he didn't tell anybody about it. He just did it. But that guy was sitting in the in the arena in Los Angeles and watched LeBron break the record and then have a ceremony with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, and oh. that man knows he's the first one who put a basketball in LeBron's hands. What a great story. Jeff, next time, can we rebook you and have you on for like an hour? Because i got about 8 billion more questions. I'd love to do it. I mean, when we're done here, you know, hook up with Art years and we'll get it done i'd, I'd love to come on and have a, a longer conversation with you so think about this because i know you got to go right now but i want to ask you because you've been around all these people the tiger woods of the world and tom brady's and lebron and you go the list goes on and on and on i want to get your reaction to how they handle such fame and and fortune if you don't mind talking about that's that i'd love question. to talk to you about that yep. jeff let's do it i'd love to thank you sir have a great day you too thanks Jeff Benedict, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called LeBron. Yeah, that stuff fascinates me. And, um, once again, one of the great coincidences of life, it just happens that we're out in Vegas and LeBron is there uh, 20 years ago and he's doing cannonballs. And now I know why he was doing cannonballs because he was funny. practicing for that commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, isn't that weird? You look back in life and you go, you better watch what you say because you go back 20 years like, oh, yeah, that's why he was doing that. But can you imagine, again, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, LeBron, you can go yeah. down the list of people. They got to have some pressure on them. Oof. Just being that famous, that wealthy, that talented, all of those things, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And I, I, th I think it's interesting, the interview you just had with, uh, what was it, Jeff? Um, we're all really excited and motivated by those coming of age stories, right? Like, like yeah. the, 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 you know, but, um, it, it also kind of fascinates me and I'm sitting here in, you know, just being a sarcastic comedian and I'm like, what, what, what part of you says, I want to write a book about another dude's life. Yeah, let's see now. That's but you a great know what point. I mean. Well, like not your yep. own life, but someone else's, and I mean that in a real way. I don't mean it in a you know a snarky way. No, no, I understand exactly. And as a matter of fact, why don't we, Rudy? If, it, if it's cool, see if we can get him for like twenty minutes the next time. It doesn't matter how soon he can come back. I'll, mm -hmm. or, you know, because he's going to be busy. But uh, Norton, 
<laughs> I wish you would come in when he's going to be and okay. ask him that very question. I would love to. I, I, you know, I'm always, I'm always more interested in like what is the origin. You have so many ideas. I mean, think about how many ideas you have in one day, right? What do you activate yeah. on? And this guy's like, no, LeBron. I'm going to write about LeBron. And, you know, I just, I like hearing that unpacked. I like, where did that, what, why did you gravitate towards that? Like, I'm super obsessed with evangelical plural marriages right now. So, like, I could do a whole thing on that if you want to go into What is that? Speaking of unpacking, let's really dive into this, huh? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? I'm into cults. I've always been into psychology. Really? Yes. I'm I'm, I'm not in any cults. I'm just, I'm fascinated by them. Thank you. Um, But I, uh, ever since I had a psychology minor in college, but I've always been fascinated, mostly because I come from people that are nuts. And I think you and I talked about that a little bit, but. Yes, um, we did. On another another (laughs) show, you know. And. And uh, so I'm really into, like, anything that has cults. Like, I was bored this winter, and I was like, top ten movies I should watch according to BuzzFeed about cults. And I watched all of them. And not bad. Not a bad list. But now I'm reading this book about this woman um, uh, that wrote this book. And it is all from the diaries of women that were in plural marriages in the early days of the Mormon and the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints movement when they changed it because that was not they, – they didn't allow plural marriage. And then all of a sudden Brigham Young is like, you know – I think some more chicks around the old settlement would be good. <laughs> and then they Did have they... to go back to the wives and sell this concept. And I'm so fascinated because they're writing it. And these are excerpts from their diaries when they were changing it from monogamy <laughs> to non-monogamy. So now were they did they do it because they just weren't enough women? Is that why they did it? Well, no. I mean, it's. I mean, okay. Well, now. I mean, I wasn't going to talk religion or politics this early on, but basically, eh, what the hell? At the end of the day, it's the same. It's the same algorithm as Twitter. You need followers. You need followers. Yeah, yeah. You need people. And because the Mormon religion was in their mind persecuted, uh, they they want they you know they wanted religious freedom. And but it was Brigham Young. Um, oh God, now I'm gonna forget the other guy, the the, the main guy who started it. Oh God, it was what's Joe his name? somebody? Joe, Joe. S- the Smith? No, that was John. Something. John Smith. Yeah. John. Yeah. Was it he, John Smith? he he had a wife and he was cool with it and everything was fine. But it was Brigham Young when he came in and then he the the original founder of the Mormon um, Church in the United States was you know killed and. Brigham Young is like, well, I'm in charge now, and I I like ladies. So, you know, but basically it was just because they really wanted to create their own entity, their own world, you know, and and they wanted, you know, everybody to be in that. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How pissed off would you be when you're five, six years old and you realize your parents came as close to Brigham Young as they possibly could. Why the hell would you name your kid Brigham when your last name is Young? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my it's God. Like, you're... What? Okay, first of all, good job, Tom, because that's a joke. Oh, 
I have not heard in a really long time. <laughs> I suppose. Bring him yeah. young, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. But no, it's true. But he was the one. And so, like, reading these diaries, and of course, they're, like, super formal because I know their husbands are going to read them. They're not like, screw this bitch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Brigham's cousin, I like him. I like, I like him. him. Yes, yes. He was I like a Muslim, him. Wasn't and then he? Uh, he was. And then um uh then they're they're uh what was it? I love him. I love you know? him. I love yes. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They twins? I like him and I love him. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> yeah, I just isn't it amazing that people and I'm glad you brought this up actually, Tiffany, because isn't it amazing that things that people can talk themselves into? Yeah. Because they know what's bad and wrong, but they talk themselves into it anyway. That's why I'm fascinated about cults because, like, yeah. these are all people that are, like, have money, very well educated a lot of times. Like, the Nexium cult, that's next, that's so oh, interesting to me, right? These are really accomplished people. These are people that you look at their feed and you're like, they have it together. I don't have it together. That guy's got it together. And little do you know that they're letting someone brand their private parts in a sex cult and making them bark like a dog on the weekends. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I got to be honest with you and Rudy, uh, being a man, you can speak to this as well. Uh, You ain't tattooing my penis. It ain't going to happen. Oh, well, that was my Christmas present. Oh, it was. I was going to, yeah. Rudy and I have been working on a gift. And, uh, well, you know, I know they charge by the letter, so only one or yeah. two, right? Yeah. We don't want to. Sure. I would just tattoo a bigger penis. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's all. Absolutely. <laughs> Rudy was talking about his penis on stage last night, by was the way. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, you did. I don't remember that. It was, it was kind of a uh, it blur. Was, it was a joke. You, it was a joke that you told. Oh, yes, I did tell that joke. Yes, I did tell that joke last night, yeah. <laughs> Which is perfect that Chris Eggert is in the queue right now. Because I want Chris to know for sure what you got well, packing. Well, sure. Because well, you have a man do. crush on him. A little bit. He's I a good-looking guy. Did you know that, Tom? That Rudy's no. a man crush on our next guest? Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, <laughs> he, comes in all, he comes in all, like, he used to come into the studio all, like, um, breathy, let's oh, just sure. say. Sure. After an, an encounter in the, in the hall with this gentleman. Why don't we take a quick break, be right back, and I'll be breathless trying to get through an interview with Channel 5's Chris Eggert right after this. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the MySlippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. It's time to dig in to spring. And that means it's time for Spring Black Friday at the Home Depot, where we have everything you need to get your garden, patio, or indoor space into shape. From annuals to veggies to houseplants. Save on 8-inch Mojave planters. Now on special buy for $6.88. 
April 13th through the 23rd. Do your spray at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Product varies by store. According to the latest report from AARP, family caregivers provided an estimated 36 billion hours of unpaid care in 2021. Here's Rita Shula, AARP's Director of Caregiving, with more. Family caregivers are the backbone of long-term care in the U.S., but there are financial and emotional challenges that must be addressed. Caregivers are struggling to balance caring for family members and friends while also trying to work and, in many cases, raise children. The value of unpaid family caregiving in 2021 is estimated at $600 billion. The economic impact of $600 billion is more than all out-of-pocket spending on health care in the U.S. That's why AARP is pushing to implement the national strategy to support family caregivers. It includes nearly 500 actions that can be taken at all levels of government and the private sector to give family caregivers the help they desperately need. Resources and information on family caregiving are available at aarp.org caregiving. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 8.20 right now, 20 minutes after 8 o'clock. You probably should run down. the Now, the weather's looking really pretty good until tomorrow, correct? I feel like, uh, yeah, so today's going to be pretty decent, and then tomorrow mm-hmm. is when things start going downhill fast. Yeah, and then apparently for 7 or 10 days or something, it's going to be not that great. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. I want to thank the people over at Channel 5 uh, Weather. You know, so that I'm going to blame it on Chris Eggert. Even though he's a news person, it spills over into your arena. I consider myself a junior meteorologist, given the fact oh. that I've been do- doing news for 25 years, <laughs> which means I've been exposed to a meteorologist at least two hours every day for 25 years. I'm not great at math, but I think that pretty much makes me a meteorologist, right? I don't think that there's any question. At least I can always recite what the forecast is for the day. That is true. You're absolutely right. So how are you, Pally? I'm good. How about you guys? Yeah, everything's pretty good. You know, uh, I, you know, I used to work in the same building as Tiffany Norton, right? <laughs> yes, it took me a second to recognize her voice, though. I, I had to text Rudy. I was a little thrown. I was like... It, it sounded like Brittany had been up late screaming at Go-Go or something to make her yes. voice. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. And then I was like, oh, she must have smoked a pack of Reds, too. Like, it just had a little bit more. And I mean that as a compliment, Tiffany. It totally sounds like a compliment. Thank you so it much is. for that. No, it's, it it's, it's like yeah, a sure. hug. I appreciate sure. it. It is it a is. good voice. Yeah. Obviously. Um, the reason I, I asked you that question, Chris, is that did you? And I, I heard that one year you went out and bought her a watch, but she doesn't wear it anymore. Uh, and you even set it back an hour so she'd be on time when she's supposed to show up for a morning show. Is that correct? I don't recall that, but I, in fairness, I am. I have been basically sleepwalking for about the last fifteen years. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. I guess so. I guess that's true. So what's in the news this morning, pal? Anything good? Anything bad? Anything we should know about? 
Well, there's all kinds of good and bad, uh, as is per the usual. But I thought I w- yeah. we're, we're watching flooding because things are things have melted so rapidly. I think Duluth at the beginning of the week had 27 inches of snow on the ground, and right God. now they have two. So just Ooh. think about that amount of melting that's been going on all around the state. So the governor's been seems like he's been doing a press conference or a news conference about every other day in a different community talking about the flood preps that are underway. I think he's down in Hastings today. Yesterday he was in St. Paul at the operations center. So Henderson, you know, all the areas that we normally see the flooding happening. Um, unfortunately they're going to get it again. And it, 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 it could be a pretty bad flooding the way it sounds this year. So that that's one thing we've really been keeping an eye on the last couple of days. So well, it's so amazing that Fort Lauderdale is still underwater. I know. I, and well, I know you're very familiar with it. We we uh, travel a lot to Fort Lauderdale, and the, you know the thing about Florida is that like it can rain, feels like it rains, you know, ten inches, but then within an hour, because the soil is so sandy, it just soaks up right away. Mm-hmm. But to have th- that amount of rain that was like two feet, yeah, it's twenty-four insane. inches. Yep. And that airport is not a pleasant place to be on a on a good day. So I. I <laughs> Well, <laughs> I suppose it. Well, you know, it is. And again, people don't know this, but Fort Lauderdale is in a floodplain. Mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. they built it there, but they did. Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, and it's just got the worst rental car counter in the history of the world. I would add. <laughs> I love that. All person. Like, I love it. Is it like, right. do you have to go off brand? <laughs> like, it's just like thrifty or well, like, no, they don't even have a like Hertz the, there. <laughs> there's only like three counters there and i the last time we were down there was maybe two summers ago and like it was like a two and a half hour wait just to get through the line at the stupid at fort lauderdale right like oh i have i you know what now that you say that florida has been the place that i've of all the times i can remember really waiting in line for a rental car it was florida what is yeah I don't know. I, I suppose it's all of us tourists down there stealing their minivans and, uh, yeah. you know, so we can go out and go to Disney and all that good stuff. But Well, you do know that 12,000 New Yorkers just moved to Florida, right? Really? 12,000 of them. Why? Like, all together? They're just like, we're going to get a space? <laughs> we'll start our own city. <laughs> exactly. You know, that Disney knew what he was talking about. We're yeah. going to start yeah. our own deal here. You might not get as good a financial deal as they got, though. I will tell you that. Well, but you know what? Here's the thing. Okay. I Not that we were going to talk about Disney. I do have no, to be a it. Disney evangelist a little bit. My Uncle Tim who is probably going to listen to the recap of this, lives in Orlando. He's an evangelist. But they they do all their own sanitation. They have their own fire, their own right. roads. Yep. They, they, they take care of literally everything. It costs the state nothing. And so then for them to say, well, you guys aren't paying your taxes. It's like, well, yeah, but we don't need your services. We already figured it out on our own. I don't think that should be against the law. Like, if you can, like, figure out a solution on your own, Good on you. Well, they were given the land, though, and that land's worth a dollar or two. Well, yeah, but, I mean, no one knew how to, but no one knew what to do with it then, and they figured it out, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll give you, I'll give you something. 
that you know. But if you could, but you know. <laughs> sound like my All mother right. when you said that. I'll give you something. I sounded like my mother when I said it. Oh my yes, God. I'm gonna be quiet now. Hi, Chris. What's it called? The Reedy Creek Improvement District, or whatever they call the yeah. the governing body for yeah. Yeah. all of all of the. Disney property. I, the flip side to that is, though, is that when you're governing yourself, you're also not getting the same kind of oversight that other legitimate government agencies would be getting. You know what I'm saying? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And I, I mean, I hear that point, but then also kind of like, I don't know. It, it, it To me, it's kind of, it, it's, I want Disney to run Florida, honestly. Oh, great idea. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I'm a former Orlando resident, so I, yeah. I you know, I was there to observe oh. it for, for quite a few years. And yeah. it's it is unlike anything you really have seen anywhere else and not you know and it doesn't exist has, anywhere else. Yeah. Right. It has good it has good aspects of it and it has other aspects of it that people get pretty frustrated with. But for sure. Uh, it's very unique. Uh, the one thing about it is though. It's freaking hot, and it's going to be humid there uh, at least nine and a half to ten months out of the year, which was enough for us to move. Right. No, that's very true. There, by the way, I got to make you know I'm, I don't care who gets elected president. I don't like those people anyway. I mean, give me a break. But have you seen the new DeSantis commercial? The anti-DeSantis commercial. Mm-mm. It literally says, "Do you want to elect a man president?" Who eats pudding with his fingers? Oh, you know, I... What? Who? Someone told me that, that there was like a... There was, like they caught him doing that. And they're like, this is it. This is going to be the thing. You know why, though? You know why that that's an attack, honestly? And and it's all men that I'm talking to. So you you see if you back me up. It's because it makes him look unmasculine. First of all, it's pudding. No, no, no. I've eaten pudding uh, many times. I, I understand that you eat pudding, but you can't look masculine That's while eating pudding. And then with your fingers, you just look like a child, like a really hungry <laughs> child that needs a nap. It's about to have a temper tantrum if they don't get some sugar. I'm kind of glad you showed up. I don't, I don't remember the last time I ate pudding, and honestly, the visual yeah. of that is making me have a gut reaction to Ron Right? Yes. I mean, it's just, it's so, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you can't be a Republican with a small penis. I mean, like you, if you want to run <laughs> whoa, for president whoa, whoa. these days. How did we go from pudding to small penis? That's what pudding says. Pudding says small penis. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, as the girl in the room, I'm just saying, if I, if I was like, wow, he is really handsome. He is almost like, he looks just like Chris Eggert. He is gorgeous. Oh, there you and go. And then he's like, Waitress, give me some pudding. Hey, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, but well, could you did you talk Tiffany to open up a little bit? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Jesus, Palomino, you don't like pudding and you don't like fingers in the pudding. I didn't say I didn't say that That's I don't like it. Said. I did not say I didn't like it. I said it appears unmasculine, and as as a Republican candidate. That is the last thing you have to like. You you've got to like be like bare chested like Putin on a on a on a horse with a gun <laughs> oh, and a, and an eagle on your shoulder. Like you gotta you gotta. Mm. I mean, we need John Wayne up in this baby. So if you eat pudding, <laughs> you shouldn't be elected president. I didn't say that. I That's said how imply. it appears. I said how it appears to other yeah. men. Well, do you think it's masculine? All right, then you 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 prove me wrong. I eat pudding all the time. I love pudding. 
<laughs> do you eat it with your fingers? I have in the past. Yes, as a matter of fact, I have. Okay, so indeed. see, this feels like projection. Like this doesn't feel like it feels like you just want me to say a certain answer. No, no, vast, you're I'm, very masculine, Tom. I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. It's you're like very, have, very, very, very hetero. I for think sure. I might get another sentence in without being interrupted. Maybe in the last ninety minutes. What do you think? You're a disaster. Let me just point that out. That means you love me. I've listened to your show yes, it long does. enough. When I you call not. someone, when you call your female co-host a disaster, that's a hug. That is that's a, true. That is a, term, a term of endearment for him. Mm-hmm. It is. It is absolutely true. All right. So, Chris, if you can get a word in edgewise, what else you yeah. got? Well, this one is. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a really funny conversation. All right. Yeah. Uh, this one, Tom's I a just, pain in the ass. Great conversation. No, not that. Not everything. The pudding thing. Um, so there's a new pop-up restaurant coming to Minneapolis in the fall. Have you guys heard about this? It's called Karen's Diner. Oh. As in oh, a no. diner run by Karen. That's kind of funny. Oh. I, I would go to that. That's fun. Uh, it's called Get Served. Their theme, their catchphrase is Get Served What You Deserve at Karen's Diner. It's like Dick's. It's like Dick's Last Resort. That was their whole point, right? Mm -hmm. With the modern spin, right? Uh, So apparently they have 14 locations across Australia, the UK, and the US. It's only a pop-up thing, though. So it's going to be, all we know about it is it's going to be October 14th and 15th, somewhere on South 7th Street in Minneapolis. Okay? That's Mm -hmm. it. The menu will only include burgers, fries, milkshakes, uh, and then you will go there, and uh, they say your um, your service will be ungrateful, and your experience will be unforgettable. <laughs> I, 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 I I would assume there's no substitutions, right? Like you can't change guess, anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if there is, you're gonna get your ass handed to you, right? Like. <laughs> You better not ask for any pudding, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> a pudding, I want one pudding cup, no spoon. Thank you. <laughs> Tom, what flavor of pudding is your preferred? Either caramel or chocolate. Caramel. Caramel. I love caramel. I I've love never had caramel. caramel. I don't think I've ever had caramel uh, pudding. Is it good? It's delicious. Yeah. It's wonderful. I've had butterscotch. I got to admit. Caramel, butterscotch's good. Not bad, but the pistachio, I think people sleep on pistachio pudding. Really? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. delicious. Good stuff. Yeah. Is it like green, like pistachio, or it will have like it might have like small chunks in it, like small chunks of pistachio, but they're not like the hard. Okay. Yeah, okay. but they're, they're okay. a, little, a little mushy. Yeah, but it's good right. stuff. Love it. <laughs> what pudding do you like, Chris? I, I don't. I don't had? remember last time I ate pudding. I, I bet you look like a tapioca pudding. guy. You look like a tapioca. Oh God, no! That, no. Is that even pudding? What the hell is tapioca? Tapioca. It's rice pudding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what, Tom? You should learn. What? You should learn from Chris. Chris is very masculine. I'm not. Oh yes. Yes. Pudding. I couldn't tell you the last time I had pudding. An eagle just landed on his shoulder too. You guys can't see <laughs> no, that. No, I couldn't be further from the case. I just I don't remember when I had pudding last. My kids are older now, so. Uh, I, we don't have pudding around. I'm guessing, Tom, you got pudding around with the grandkids. And, yes, you know, exactly. There's a lot more opportunity for it. The last time I remember having – do they even sell pudding pops? Think of how Cosby kind of ruined those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, – Like that was the pudding guy like for generations. I know, and then Subway had Jared. Whoops. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
putting really Tom, this could be another endorsement opportunity for you. Yeah, I need to work harder on getting advertisers because I it was only up till about ten thirty last night <laughs> working. Oh no. Yeah. Let me do it more. No, I have a great relationship with my uh, I like I said, I learned that from being in the record business. I learned that you have to treat the people who spend the money well. Not mm-hmm. I'm not sucking up to anybody or kissing anybody's ass, but you got to treat, if they're going to spend the money, you better treat them with some respect. Well, otherwise, why would they ever come back, right? Absolutely. That's just good customer service. So when I see somebody on, uh, you know, that just picked it up, we got, got a bunch of new stuff coming on uh, very, very soon. So I thought I would call them all and say thank you. And I haven't gotten around to all of them yet, but I will. But that, yeah, that's a big part of it. That's big. But, you know, I suppose I go from... At this point, 6.30 in the morning till about 10.30 at night. So I'd like to back off on the 16-hour days after a few more weeks. You know what I mean? Tommy, if you put in your time, if you just put in your time. <laughs> yeah. One of these yeah. days, kid. You will start to see the rewards. Yeah, it's going to work out. Well, just being on the air with the three of you is quite the reward, don't you think? <laughs> it sounds like you're loving every minute of it today. <laughs> Do you hear him pull this, the faint sound of someone pulling out their own fingernails in the background? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't hurt at all, as a matter of fact. I got it. Everything's fine. But we did learn today that uh, that pudding is not uh, the number one favorite. Is there a number one? Is, is the number one favorite dessert still? Is that is it cake? Is it pie? What is the number one favorite dessert? Because I look at that as a dessert more than a meal or something. I, I'm a dissenter, and I know I'm going to get flack for this. I like a bar. Yeah, Ooh, it's not cake. It's not a brownie. I like a bar. I like it right in the middle, a little dry. You know. Hmm. I like a I like a I like a bar. If I had to decide top, uh, it would probably have to be tiramisu. Ooh. Oh, I love yeah. it. That would be number love one. It. Yeah. Little lady fingers. That mm-hmm. sounds right for you. Yeah. Okay, let me ask let me ask Rudy a question. Do you know where tiramisu was first made? I, I first off, uh, it is delicious and it it could have been made in the back of a kitchen in Chicago. I, it doesn't matter to me. I love it. So I'm gonna guess it was something Italian, correct? It was a back of a kitchen in Philadelphia, yeah, so you were see, close. I wasn't too no far kidding. off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So very. People think, oh, this is right from Italy. No, it's not. Yeah. It's I from have, Italians. Uh, I have some research for you, data hot off the internet, to tell you what the most popular desserts are in America, mm. according uh, to the fine folks at Google. Oh, good. Oh. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Not surprisingly, apple pie is number one. <laughs> I don't. It seems pretty cliche, but that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two might surprise you, key lime pie. A good key lime pie, though, is dynamite. But when they use that canned stuff and, you know, it, the fake one, you got to go to Florida. Speaking of I Florida again. Mm-hmm. Made with real key limes. Uh, Boston cream pie. All right. Tommy, uh, any, any thoughts on any of this so far? Sure. I'll give you my thoughts. I hate pie. Wow. wow. Okay. We're, we're okay. Top, top three or pie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. The next one's Don't baked like Alaska. No, okay. First of all, no one's even had base, baked Alaska. <laughs> yeah, who is it? Rudy, have you I'm, ever I'm, in your life had ba- baked Alaska? I've never had baked Alaska, and I'm a, I bake. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Chris, have you have you had baked Alaska? I've seen it, but it's scary to me. And I, I forever when I think of Alaska, my mind goes to fish, and I know that's not what it is, but I'm not. <laughs> well, it's basically a dome, an inverted dome of ice cream that's covered in meringue. 
is, is is what it oh, is. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's and then you and then you you drizzle a little bit and then you like uh, torch it a bit and baked Alaska. Yeah, I'm calling BS on this list. Me Next too. is chocolate chip cookies. Like that's, that should be that's where one, that falls. right? One or two. Uh, New York cheesecake, pecan pie, cheesecake, Mississippi mud pie, mm. brownie, banana pudding. There's our first pudding on the list. And then ice cream. Oh, this is crap. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We need another search engine. Um, what do yeah, uh, what are the I fine folks at, thinking, uh, at Chrome th- or uh, what do you call it? What's the other one? Edge. Go to Microsoft Edge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That that's garbage. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. All right, sorry. This this is what happens. I I I got fake newsed. You didn't. You know what? Someone lied to you, and you you know it happens. If you guys uh, don't think that Tom is BSing about that uh, ire for pie, the first time him and I ever had a lunch together, the waitress asked, "Will there be any dessert? We got a pie." And I've never seen anybody's face turn so sour and just, oh, yeah, Tom was like, there will be no pie at this table. Really? Is is there more to that story, Tom? No, he's just not a pie guy, right, Tom? Yeah, I just don't care for pie. Well, and maybe part of it is, can I get one sentence out, sister? Does that work for you? Jesus Christ. I do love this stuff, though. Now, uh, what were were you asking me? I forgot. (laughs) Was there a reason? Was there a point? <laughs> don't try to lower the tone of your voice. Oh, was there a reason? To... <laughs> oh, don't. Okay. All right. You're you such know. a mental case. It's a, I am. It's wonderful to have you in studio. I, you know what? This is this is good for me, too. I really, really enjoy it. Why do you hate pie? That was my question. I think, this is just, uh, you know, looking back a little bit, I think that I hate pie because my grandmother and my mother made the crust too, not greasy, but too... I mean, it is oil. It's too oily. That's mm-hmm. a better way to put it. Lard. Uh, yeah, yeah, lard. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's your Crisco for you right there. Yeah, Crisco. There you go. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I just, I've never mm-hmm. liked that. I would take, by the way, a piece of pie and scrape it off the, the little thing on the bottom, the crust and whatever. I would eat that, but I wouldn't eat the crust. So basically, you're going straight to the pudding. They're going straight to the pudding. Exactly. That's exactly right. But I agree with you, by the way. I think that list is total BS. Ice cream yeah. came in eighth. No, that's that's horse crap. How, well, exactly. Tommy, do you have a uh, do you have a position on fig newtons? I love fig newtons. I do love too. Them. Yep. I don't remember the last time I bought them though. Mm, I can because I did just about a week ago. What <laughs> do you got? You guys like fig newtons? You know. I haven't had one since I was like a kid. I don't even remember the last time I've seen one like in the wild. Like yeah. someone just like, <laughs> no. here's some fig newtons. What? <laughs> right, right. No, I, I don't know why. why. Do you know why, Chris? Because I've always liked fig newtons, but I really don't know. I like fig and the, the little wrap is not greasy, I suppose. So then maybe that's why I like them. Uh, they're so cakey. Yet I, I don't know. Yeah. It just made me think of it because I was listening to a, a comedy bit the other day on the radio and the whole thing was about fig newtons and it was like one of the funniest like random bits that i'd heard in a long time the guy just like went off about newtons and and he was talking about the people at the newton company trying to come up with different newtons and how they landed on fig versus other (laughs) fruits and it was just really funny like i laughed my ass off for like 20 minutes thinking about fig newtons and then i was like i want a fig newton yeah 
nothing there, wrong there with that. Be, it used to be a special treat with my late father. He would get Fig Newtons, and it was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Are they made by more than? There's got to be more than one company that makes them because it, it's uh, what is it Nabisco that makes the Fig Newtons? Is that I right? So. I don't know. I don't I'm gonna look it up. I mean, is there Thank Fig? You. Are there Fig competitors? I think so. That's is there I'm, like beef I, that I don't know I, about? No, oh no. God. I mean, other I people make that. A beef Newton? Ooh, oh, a beef. beef. <laughs> Good nickname. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> that would. <laughs> Rudy, could you refer to me as Beef Newton? Beef Newton. <laughs> Juice Newton is over. Beef Newton is here. Oh, I love Juice. I used to work with her. Really? Did you? Shut up. Yeah, she was you, on Capitol Records. No, you, you, you met Juice Newton. I used to travel the country with her, as a matter of fact. Oh, my God. Very nice person. Very, oh, very nice person. I'm so envious. You have no idea. Playing with the Queen of Hearts. Sorry. Done deal. Love it. <laughs> it is you know, one song. thing that's happening today, Chris, and this is the greatest thing. We have not one but two stand-up comedians in studio displaying <laughs> how mentally ill you have to be to be a stand-up comedian. What do you think? Where's the other one? Uh, see, he's, yeah. That was very, that was very coy. Very cute. He just almost extracted a little, little compliment for himself. <laughs> Who's the other funny. comedian? I don't know. I don't know. I'm brought that up, Tom. I was just thinking about that the other day because, like I said, I, I, I was listening to comedy and I'm like. And I, I see Rudy's stuff on social media all the time. And I'm like, I would love to go listen to Rudy some night, but it's like way after my bedtime. So I don't know how mm-hmm. the hell you do it, Rudy. Um, I was thinking about the magic that it takes to be able to do that. Because what you do, Tom, and what I do, we're not doing it in front of a crowd of people, you know. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to have a certain kind of stiff upper lip, I imagine, to be in a room of people who are watching you as your saying the things that you're saying. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I have the utmost respect for, for uh, stand-up comedians. Well, even uh, last night we did a show in St. Paul Park, and right when I was going on stage, because over the last couple of months I've been having, you know, anytime a host brings me up, I always say you can hear him every day on the Tom Bernard Show. Nice. Because I really want to build the show. I want people to know yeah. that it's out there because there's sure. a lot of people that don't know that this is up and running yet. Yeah. And, yeah. and last night when uh, Andrew, who was bringing me on stage, goes, you can hear him every day on the Tom Bernard show. Somebody booed. <laughs> oh, I didn't boy. hear that. I didn't hear a my boo. mother. Yep. Somebody, <laughs> somebody booed. And he was, sit, he was sitting. He didn't see me standing behind him. And my first thought was, uh, I am going to make you resent that boo <laughs> and i went up and i mopped the floor and was like and that guy was huddled over in laughter and i was like i and i pray that that guy downloaded that app and is listening to this moment right now because don't for sure sir your boo did not go on deaf ears oh i was motivated last night after that guy booed i was on i was so i was on i could feel the fire in my belly like i, I want to destroy this room right now it was so good it was a great time but anyways yeah but I think the guy hopefully is a listener now because last night he definitely did not. He had some choice words or a boo for Tom Bernard. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, they were talked into that. One, one thing you have to understand about somebody like that, they're incredibly stupid. Oh, because yeah. Because unless you've met somebody, how can you dislike somebody you've never even met? Mm. That's a bizarre deal, especially if they're in some form, whether it's whatever, I guess, of show business. I, sure. I guess TV and radio is in a way. But 
Unless you've met them, how the hell do you know? Why do you have an opinion? Because you're stupid, that's why. It was Doug Sprinthal. I didn't want to say it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. You know how Dougie likes to go to a legion, you know? Oh, God, we got to get going here, man. You're you're late already by a minute. I'm sorry about that, uh, Yeah, well, Chris. you guys have a good Friday. Uh, and um, good luck for the rest of the show, Tom. Don't tell me what to do. And don't boo me on the way out, either. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. See you, buddy. Chris Eggert, I love that guy. Isn't he a wonderful guy? He mm-hmm. is. He is. He's adorable. He is. Well, we got about 60 more seconds, but I, I literally have been dealing with that ever since the show became the number one show in America. People in the state of Minnesota, not all of them, but some of them resent the hell out of somebody who's become successful. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I do. Because in oh, you do? Okay. Oh, I do. And, and and here's the thing. The reality is when, when they're sitting outside, if you spoke to any one of those people that hate you, they'd be like kissing your ass. If you saw them in real life, they'd be like, oh, hi, you know, like all of those things that they feel encouraged to say to their friends and whatever. They won't say it to someone else. Believe me, I've met people I think are terrible actors when I meet them. I don't say that. I'm like, hi, how are you? (laughs) You look great. Yeah. Keanu. We got to take a break here. Be right back in just a few minutes. uh, Matthew Marr will join us promoting the movie Air. Courting a legend. Matthew will join us right after this. Tom Bernard Show. It's the Monkees, celebrated by Mickey Dolenz. Here we come, walking down the street. Saturday, April 29th, at the Pantages Theater, Minneapolis. Mickey Dolenz plays tribute to the iconic group and his bandmates in song and memory with unseen images from the Monkees. Get your tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Talek presents The Monkees, celebrated by Mickey Dolan's Live. Ever heard the expression, go with a leader? Why do people say that? I go with a leader because you don't become one unless you're doing something right. And in the world of auto dealerships, that means you can trust they're treating their customers right their employees right, and must offer value that makes more and more Minnesotans want to come back to do business the right way. The Nissan stores of Walzer Nissan last month were three of the top four leading sellers of Nissans in the entire state. Now, I don't want to say who was number one, because I don't want the guys at Nissan Coon Rapids and YZ to get jealous of Dan Resch in Burnsville. I'm Tom Bernard. My whole family owns and drives Walzer Nissans, and this April you can get 0% financing for 36 months on Rogues and Altimas, plus an additional $500 bonus on any trade-in you make. Even if you have to push it onto the lot, you still get at least 500 bucks on your trade. The leaders of Walzer Nissan Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids do things the right way. The Walzer way. So go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. Oh, and tell them Tommy sent you. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1,000 finance on approved credit. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. It is 8.50 now, 10 minutes till 9 o'clock KQRS. Tell me when Matthew's ready to go and we'll get it started. Yeah, he's ready to rock. Magnificent Matthew Mayer with us, ladies and gentlemen. The movie Air, courting a legend. Matthew plays Peter, the hilarious Nike shoe designer. In boy, that put a lot of pressure on you, Matthew, the hilarious Nike shoe designer. Is that a lot of a lot of pressure? No, Jeez. I know. Yeah, gee. Uh, well, it would be a lot of pressure, but you know, I already shot the movie like a year ago, so. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. it, <but laughs> you know, I do a lot of. I do a lot of plays in New York, and sometimes you get a review where, like, you know, Mac, so funny, or, like, so good, and then you have to do it the next night, and it's just like, oh, geez, I hope 
I hope they laugh. They're really expecting something hilarious and great, and I don't know. But there's nothing I can do now. The, the movie's there, and if people think it, people like it, then, then they like it. Matthew? Uh, so it's, it's a good feeling. I understand that. There's a bit of a coincidence, because we just ran down a list of desserts that people like and they don't like, and we found out that Tiffany Norton, who's on the show today, does not like pudding. So i got to run this by you, uh, uh, Tiffany. Matthew Mayer with us. He yes. was also just in Ben's most recent Dunkin' Donuts commercial, sister. What do you think of that? Well, you know. Uh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I want the inside scoop. You want the inside scoop? I'm going to enter in. I don't like pudding either. Oh, God. I don't like pudding at all. Thank you. Know. Boy, Thank look you. at the time, you know, Matthew. Nice talking to you. I don't. I don't mean to come into this conversation with like sharp elbows or anything, but I I'm not a pudding fan. So I don't I'm know. a lot I don't of people aren't in this conversation. Okay, so here's the thing we were discussing, Matthew. You, you okay. you're an actor, right? How would you yes. eat pudding in a masculine fashion? Is you there a way to do it? No way. No, like just to shovel it into your face, like a brute. Did I tell you I have to leave early today? Did I mention that? <laughs> Thank God. One thing I do want to to make a segue away from another mistake I made by eating the wrong dessert. But uh, Matthew, I got to tell you, and I'm very serious about this, and I'm not trying to suck up to anybody. But what Ben and Matt have put together in their production outfit, they're making some great stuff, don't you think? I do. I do. I do. And and it's so exciting that they're like, uh, that they finally just like gone for it and like made their own company and are like, we want to just do the stuff that we want to do and we want to work with the people that we want to work with. And we want those people to be happy and well paid and invested in the things that they're making. You know, yeah. uh, yep. so it's yep. like, I'm, I'm really excited for that. You know, it's, it's hard to be really like a A-list movie star for like decades. You know, it's no mm-hmm. mean feat. And they've really pulled it off. And I feel like the thing that they're doing now, um, I, it seems like they're really honoring their own good fortune uh, by like, trying to spread it around. I think that's wonderful. And by the way, very quickly, City on a Hill was one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, Affleck and uh, Damon did that together, produced it together. Most underrated yeah. series I've ever seen. I love that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's great. It's great. Now, I want to hear about Air Courting a Legend. Matthew plays Peter. Yeah. And again, I have to put the pressure on Matthew, the hilarious Nike shoe designer. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Just kidding. Uh, This is wonderful. It's a great idea, actually. The whole idea. You know, I missed a story last night. Just last night on the national news, there was a story about a pair of uh, Michael Jordan's uh, Air Jordans, and they went on sale, but I didn't see them. Do you you know this story? Do you know how much they got for those shoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They auctioned off uh, a pair that he wore, I guess, in the final game or the final series. Of the, like the three peak, you know, where they where the Bulls won uh, three titles in a while. They auctioned off the yep. shoes yep. that Michael Jordan was wearing for two point two million dollars. Oh God! 
Rudy, where'd you get 2.2 million? I'm wearing them right now, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know okay. Where's every dollar? Maybe the reason why they're paying so much for those shoes is it's just difficult to find their size. Oh, yeah, yes. Two, good, two point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then break a, a pair of broken in shoes. I mean, they're probably really comfy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Does, Maybe about 15 <laughs> sizes too big for you, but you know. No, uh, Matthew, um, I, of course, have not seen uh, the film yet, but um, just talking about it, I was a really big fan, and I'm not sure if you saw the series, Winning Time on HBO, about the the rise of Lakers, and they do have a nuance to the approach that, uh, you know, he got from Nike. Right. Magic Johnson, I, you know, back in the I, days, and he turned it down. <laughs> Ooh. Right, he turned it down. Yeah. Well, the the the, um, the movie air sort of makes a um, uh, like talk about like Converse mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. The, the idea and I think this is true that like the Converse brand was like we have all the best basketball players in the world Larry Bird Magic Johnson uh, all these other people and so like wearing Converse means you're on par with very, very Magic Johnson. So it's like the idea is that like the brand is helping Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like Magic Johnson is enhanced by wearing Nike, uh, by wearing Converse. Yeah. And Larry Bird is enhanced by wearing Converse. And uh, what the what what the characters in Nike are trying to do is like are grappling with is the fact that actually what it should be is like Michael Jordan is enhancing Nike. Michael Jordan, like, it's actually the player that is actually making the brand more famous. That's true. Um, And a lot, you know, weirdly, had you just, like, put that to me before, you know, me knowing nothing about the movie, I'd be like, okay, I guess that's interesting, kind of. I'm not that interested, really. But the movie actually sort of unpacks these ideas in a really interesting way uh, in terms of, like, capitalism and actually racial politics. In America, it sort of really opens up that that distinction in a way that's like really makes you think about how like money and American society work. And a lot of that is credit to the writing and to Matt Matt's performance and Viola Davis's performance. They really sort of they really those scenes really get you thinking about why that distinction is important. No, I got to read this list because this is a hell of a list. The movie Air stars Matthew Mayer, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, and Viola Davis. Couldn't you get anybody any good in there, Matthew? What happened? I know, I know, I know. I I put an ad in the newspaper, I guess. I really like the order, too, that you put it in there. Yes. (laughs) I was going to mention it at the the beginning and the end. Matthew Mayer, then... (laughs) That's how good marketing the movie. You know, you know, what, you know Matthew, Come what that's all about? New York theater actor. Uh, go ahead. No, the reason I do that kind of thing is so we can get you back. If I, if I put you last, you'd never want to come back and do the show. So I get to bring you back because I, I mentioned you first. I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm not getting off. All right. <laughs> I'm I, in this show. I, I don't even someone. live in Minneapolis, but I'm never, I'm never leaving the show. All right. Well, I'm going to go eat some pudding in your honor today. That's, I want you to know that. <laughs> Thank you 
sir. Thank you, sir. I, I didn't mean to dishonor your dessert no, no. choice. Don't worry about my feelings at all, man. Matthew, you got to come back, man. Love talking to you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully I didn't blab on too much. No, no, no. You were a terrific guest, and awesome. I mean that. Please do come back. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. Matthew Mayer, ladies and gentlemen. The movie's called Air, Courting a Legend. What a nice man. See, that's the one thing i got to be honest with you guys about. And yeah. you guys know this. I love interviewing people because, I mean, most of the interviews you listen to now, it's like, well, let me ask you a question. Were there any problems with the fact that uh, you're, you're promoting a product, Nike, that's made by slaves in China? Uh, you know, yeah. That, you know that's the kind of stuff they ask people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Let's have a little fun, man. It's Friday morning. It's it's nine o'clock. We're gonna have a great weekend. Uh, I, I just well, except for it's gonna be colder than some bitch on Sunday when I get home. But other than that, but no, I, I do. I love interviewing people so much because I got to be honest with you. I always learn something mm-hmm. from interviewing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not when I first interviewed Tiffany. That was total. I lost a lot of you know <laughs> cognizance and all the rest of it. Well, that it was one. it was yeah. You actually had an out of body experience, is what that was. That's yes, why I'm not that's, recalling it. Um, and that's okay, you know. Sometimes my presence does that, but I, I agree though. And you know, not to kiss any or whatever, but you're excellent at interviews. You really are because I've been listening to you for years and years and years. And you, you really, you, you, whether it's genuine or not, you appear thoughtful. <laughs> what do you mean, whether it's genuine or not? What the hell's that supposed to mean? Well. Well, I've been doing radio for a little while. Sometimes we there's some eye rolls in a room that you don't hear, you know, across well, the airwaves. But that. you really, you really sell it. You really seem like you care. I do care, and the reason is, and I've talked to Rudy about this and Brittany about it all the while. This is not a radio show. I know it's not. The KQ Morning Show was never a radio show, and I have to talk to people all the time and go, don't get into your disc jockey voice or your disc jockey attitude. This is a conversation Mm -hmm. uh, with real people. I love that. Like when you came in and just bulldozed me over, it was a real thing. You know, thank you for letting me do that. And it would, you know. Not a problem. I appreciate that. And we've met, and I've filled in several times. I've been sitting on my hands, not really like letting it loose. But now I got Rudy looking at me. I feel comfortable. I remember. Now I got swag again. Like, hey, remember before they fired you? Remember what that felt like? Just are you, who are you stuff. talking to? One of the three of us you're talking to who got fired because we all did. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but I obviously I'm self-absorbed, so I'm only thinking of me. But you know, <laughs> yeah, come on, I'm a comic, go. babe. Come on. I understand. <laughs> There's no question about it. Honest to God. No, but you really, you really are. And he was super sweet. And I now want to see it. Here's the thing: I need interviews because otherwise, I don't know what to watch. There's so much crap. You, yeah, you no got to sell me on it. it. Like, mm-hmm. no, seriously, like, this is how I got the idea, and this is what it is. I'm like, okay. I need someone to pitch me now. I need an elevator. So I, oh. Is that yours? Yeah. Oh, please turn that off. <laughs> That's not a problem. Did we move Score North? Uh, did we move Kent and, and Phil to the nine to nine o'clock? Uh, no, so it goes, oh, did I put down 9? Oh, I apologize. Yeah, no, it is 9.30. Yep, so, or, or 9.15. Those guys come on at 9.15. I didn't update that from yesterday. But, yes, it will be 9.15, those guys. Come It'll on. be 9.20, yeah. actually, because we have spots at 9.17. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 9.20? So, 9.20. Okay, yeah. so that's like the fifth day in a row that I've gotten the schedule, and it's it says 9.17, 9 o'clock, 9.45. Let's fix that. What oh, you yeah, say? you're right. Yeah. 
Uh, Well, I don't know, Tiffany, the other day we did a spelling bee uh, on the show. I'm I'm not very very thorough. Like, listen, I'm a very smart and creative man. Uh, I'm not very good when it comes to spelling or punctuation or uh, scheduling or lovemaking or conversations or interviews. I'm not good at any of those things. So, I mean, I've definitely heard about the lovemaking one, but... Yeah. Okay. One of these days. Uh, I just love it. He just said he doesn't like doing all the things it takes to be a producer on a show. <laughs> that's great news right there. Well, that that's why Rudy and I were a great team when we worked together. Because <laughs> we were together for what? Like a couple years. It's about five years. Uh, yeah, we really were a yin and yang because Tiffany is so very thorough when it comes to spelling, punctuation, grammar, being organized. And I'm just one of these guys. Like my desktop, I'm such a creative. My desktop on my my, my computer is just filled with open tabs and yeah. just I, I'm just my house is just a little messy just because of my creative mind and I yeah I'm not one of these guys who double checks a lot of things you know so uh, again so good hire <laughs> yeah good hire there uh, who was that Dan Seaman that hired you good move oh, here Tom you put up with him oh great that's wonderful news that's he doesn't like to do anything he's supposed to do no, on the show but, I, but other than that I still do it I mean eighty five percent of the time but I still do it yeah Rudy's Rudy's a really really good technical producer if something let me tell you we have been together many times when the ship was going down and we're like off air there's like panic and you're like ah Mm -hmm. that is who you want flying the plane thank you (laughs) you want him in the cockpit because i'm because i in those instances i'm of no use at all and someone else has to take the reins i'm like oh my god it's awful (laughs) jesus (laughs) To God. Oh, I've heard it. I've, I, you know, I'm sure you listen back to your own air checks, right? You know, uh, over, over, no, but you know what I mean? Like at points, but like, I've heard it so many times. I've listened to you literally since the nineties. I've heard it so many times when something's going wrong on air and you're complaining and all I'm doing is visualizing the producer trying to solve the problem. Yeah. It's only been about 52 years of that now. So, you know. (laughs) That's not that big a deal. Well, why didn't you listen to me in the 80s? What the hell happened to you in the 90s? Well, I was listening to Greg Thunder in the 80s. Oh, yeah, Greg Thunder. Yeah, oh, huh? yeah. Is he in L.A. or something? Where is Greg Thunder now? You know, I'm not sure. Last I heard, he was doing like a uh, some two-bit morning show over on a country station somewhere. He had come back into town for a minute. Yeah. Am I um, taking away that you and Thunder don't get along too well because you call the show He said it. I thought Greg Thunder was very hot. <laughs> no, I don't. He I, signed a frisbee for me at the state fair, and oh, well. uh, oh yeah, I was like I was like 14, and I was like I, I felt some heat. Yeah. Jesus. Chemistry. <laughs> Well, see, that's what it is. You know what? You got to have a good show. You got to have a producer who screws up the run sheet every single day with misspellings and typos and grammatical errors. That's how you have a good show. His producer was very on top of it, and that show sucked. There oh, yeah. Go. Oh, see? Well, that's yeah. what you get. This yeah. show's great. That's know? right. That's right. You know why? Because here's the thing Rudy wants you to feel that, like, you're smarter than he is, and uh, he's not—he's not perfect. He needs you. He needs you to <laughs> he's correct him. He's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. That's, that's very true. I, I really understand now how everything's headed. There's no question about it. No getting around it. But uh, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I look at this again. Look at this list. We had Bob Sansbury. We had Kristen Burt. We had Jeff Benedict. We had Chris Eggert. We had Matthew Maher. Or Mayer, excuse me, I'll call him Mar again. Thank God you told me to say Mayer because mm-hmm. that's how he pronounces it. It's M A H R. 
But, you know, we got Phil Mackey and Ken Herbeck coming up. we got Timmy Lammers coming up. How could I not be in a good mood no matter how much you two F it up? You know what I mean? It's not possible. You know what? The only <laughs> thing that can make this morning better is if you had some pudding. If I had pudding, now we're talking. There's no question about that. <laughs>